0: okay 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 god damn it god damn it it's another fucking episode of the end with fucking Adam fuck I'm your stupid ass host Adam and this is uh I guess my guest I don't know Davin what are you now
1: I'm just another fucking guest man just another fucking
0: stupid ass guest but anyways no I'm kidding guys (laughs) we're we're not gonna be aggro we're doing good everything's good life is good Um. Thank you for joining us. This is another episode, as I said before, of the End with Adam, and uh, I've got Davin on. Davin was telling uh, me about the fourth Alien movie, and I was like, "Dude, let's just start recording. I just I want to hear this again. <laughs> like uh, when I when I listen to this later. So, what were you saying, Davin, about Alien Alien Resurrection?
1: Alien Resurrection is just like the one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, <it's> <laughs> nothing, nothing objectively good about it at all. No. Like I'm just trying to sit here and think of like who gave this movie the green light. You know? <laughs> wow Um, so after after alien and aliens i mean alien 3 like definitely fell off but um alien alien 4 resurrection was just an abomination
0: (laughs) it was a disgraciado huh
1: disgusting yeah Um, yeah for anybody that hasn't seen it it's basically like I'm sorry, I'm kind of eating breakfast right now. But um,
0: <laughs> should we should we restart this podcast? Are you not ready?
1: No, it's all good. I'm just okay. gonna hold it off and I can you know, eat it, eat it later,
0: or just eat it. I'll,
1: I'll just talk. I'll just talk while you finish eating. Okay, I'll just talk. Alright, but, but, for, but for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, first off, don't watch it. Like it, it'll be a waste of two hours. Mm. But the plot, like itself, does not really make much sense after aliens right all the crew of the uh, what was it the nostradama or (laughs) i forget the name of the ship but like they're basically all dead and the third one ripley ends up dying the main character and so an alien resurrection you can imagine through the the title she's kind of brought back to life through this like cloning program sort of deal so they basically like extracted (laughs) her uh blood dna sequence gene whatever the hell and reconstruct. You can see, right?
0: see my brow furrowing like a, like a a studio executive hearing this, being like, What did he just say?
1: Yeah. But yeah, what are you what do you say? So it's subtitled like the distant future, so they have the technology to do this stuff. But then of course, it's still an alien movie. So as they reconstruct her, like her uh, as they clone her, they also end up cloning the alien because at the end of the third one, she was pregnant with an alien. Right. am uh, just sure if you can say she was pregnant with an alien but like yeah, yeah she had an I'm alien he was yeah, exactly. yeah. So yeah. uh they basically get the the alien as well and of course same plotline as every movie like it's there's no more like Wayland Industries Wayland Corporation yeah. but there's like the United Military Federation whatever the fuck it is uh-huh. and they uh regurgitate the same information about like human nature or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's the like, same message species Trying to like (laughs) militarize it and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And then um one of the aliens breaks out, of course, and then everything hits the shit as the fat.
0: You know, here's my policy with dealing with aliens. You have to have, first of all, a disposable ship, a disposable crew. Like Whalen got it perfectly. Like you don't send your best out there. Like if you're trying to go get aliens, you send people that you know are gonna die and they're all gonna die. And that's that should be a part of your plan. So you just have like a, basically a, a group of people that their only job is skeleton to get crew, basically. a skeleton crew, you just get them. Their only job is to get pregnant with aliens. Like, you know, they're not going to handle it correctly. They're going to, one of the aliens is going to escape. One of the little like things are going to fucking crawl out. So yeah. I, if I were a fucking executive for Whalen Corp, I'd be like, listen, we should have another ship waiting halfway back from earth to just take the people that we know are just all going to be dead by the time they get back to earth and just well, deal with the
1: aliens on the ship right yeah that's pretty much exactly what happened in the the second one aliens yes it that was because the, exactly. there was the wayland zek the young guy who had uh, um i guess he like hid the reports of uh the planet that where they found the alien the mm-hmm. ship and whatnot and he ended up sending a fucking colony of two thousand colonists uh, to this place. And he was like, yeah, we're going to fucking make millions like trillions of dollars off of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's the problem? Like, I'll
0: just be at the boardroom. Like everybody has their mouth agape, like just so horrified by what I just said. <laughs> like, look at our projections. Okay. For Q4 into Q1 are going to be insane. I think we're all going to be happy with the result here. <laughs> but um, no, I think aliens like overarching, like theme of like corporate, like weirdness. Is like one of the main things that always attracted me to Alien because if you think about the way the world is working now, that's exactly how space exploration is going to be achieved. It's not going to be achieved by governments, it's going to be achieved by corporations that are looking for mining, you know, bio stuff, you know, just whatever they need to get the edge here on Earth. That's what the people who are going to truly be investing in space exploration. So I thought it was really ahead of its time watching the original Alien, like. Once a year, I think even for casual moviegoers is a really important thing to do. Um, I think Alien, the first one. Yeah, so the director's today, cut
1: too. Sorry. Still, the director's cut as well.
0: Yes, specifically actually, I was thinking of the director's cut, but thank you, and This is why I have you on the show. Um, that's really the 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 uh the version you everyone should be watching. Uh like it's almost three hours or something, right? It's super long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's still some really memorable scenes in there. Uh, <clears throat> yeah talk about a movie that really takes its time like i was telling you about the sopranos the other day and you you put it so perfectly you were like that show just really takes its time with scenes huh i was like yeah but so does alien like it really takes its time to first of all put you in that atmosphere introduce you to to to, what's her name ripley yeah like uh kind of get you on her side like establish the whole crew establish how the technology works you don't even really know where the alien is yet you know it's none yeah. of these cheap things that we do now where in the first 10 minutes of the movie, you go to the alien planet, you see all the aliens fully formed and you know what they look like. Like, no, in the original alien, you don't see the alien fully formed until like way into the movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's really a, a true like monster movie at, at its purest. Um, and I think that's Ridley Scott, right? If I'm not mistaken, I should have a producer yeah, it right is.
1: now.
0: Yeah. Ridley Scott.
1: Oh, well, no, I think the first one was, uh, David Cameron. Was it? I think so. Was it David Cameron? We need to triple check that one, David. You got yeah, a computer? To look new... it up. Yeah, yeah, look it up. Look it up.
0: While you're looking that up, um, the Alien versus Predator idea, whatever coked up producer thought of that. Thank you, whoever was like, we have to merge those two worlds. Like that. First of all, that movie is fucking solid. It's not great. It's not a great movie, but A V P is solid. You can still watch it. And the apparently, original...
1: there's four. Directors, sorry to interrupt you, but apparently, there's four directors: David Fincher. Uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet, James Cameron, and Ridley Scott. I don't know how that works, but I have never heard of that. It must have just had so much money behind it that they couldn't
0: trust it to one director. They're like, we need at least two on this one. Like, there's just too much money behind this. (laughs) They collab. Yeah, that's a collab, bro. That's a (laughs) mixtape.
1: That's
0: That's straight up. That's a that's a mixtape. That's a Kanye Cruel Summer. (laughs) Um, When is what do you think Kanye's first movie is going to be about? Damn. Well, I is guess he... technically it was about himself. Was the, <laughs> was the, the biography. Not, not only is that the right answer, that's the only answer. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, no, I think I think Kanye's got some good fiction films in him. I think he's got some good... Uh, I don't know why they don't hire him to compose entire movie scores. I don't know why they're not doing that. Um, but if I was a director, especially if I was a black director and I was trying to make like a big feature hit... I would be like, yo, Kanye, do you want to like make all, all of the music for my movie? Not just like the big hits or the big tracks, but like even in the stillest scenes, like every sound is like choreographed by you.
1: That's the way I would pitch it to him. He wouldn't be able to resist that. I um, think he did a lot of work for uh, Black Panther. I think it was uh, like a TD and, and Kanye was an like, executive producer. On the, I th- I thought it was I thought it was like Homeboy. It. I thought it was Kendrick who did a bunch of stuff. Oh, for- yeah. He was, yeah. I mean, he's definitely on a lot of the songs that are featured in, in that movie. But um, in terms of like the executive producer for the soundtrack itself, I think it was, I think it was yeah.
0: Oh, true. Okay. So, um, yeah, I know, I know. I used to do a film podcast, and I had so many ideas about movies and this and that. And now, man, movies have almost degraded to me down to like this rating system that uh, my friend Noah. Shouts out to Noah Stokes. I don't know if he listens to this. And if he does, I'm sorry, Noah that I have to bring this up. <laughs> but he um th- I look at movies the way Noah looked at girls in college. They're either there they're not there is not a 10-scale ranking. It is a binary system. That is what he told me. It is a, a would you or wouldn't you? A zero or a zero. one. <laughs> and it that really simplifies how to understand movies. Um and uh for me, it's like, would I watch this again or would I not? And yeah. some good movies I would never watch again. So they're to me they're like commercially good, but I don't like them. The movies that I like may not even necessarily be good. I can just watch them at any time. So that's kind of how I rank movies. What about
1: you? That's a good one. Good way of looking at it. <clears throat> um I would I don't I don't look at them as so black and white. <clears throat> but then again, I guess it just sort of depends on the movie. Like yeah. if I'm left with the feeling of would I watch this again? Then yeah, I I guess in that respect, it's pretty binary, but right. Yeah. There's a lot of things to intake whenever you're watching, when you're watching movies. I mean, you're sitting there for two fucking hours. So
0: exactly. (laughs) And I'm, and I'm always surprised by people who like, if they saw like a movie that you thought was like really intense or really good. And they just don't have any notes on it. Like you're just like, okay, I understand that you may not have liked it as much as I did, but like, why? And then they'll just be like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand how, how you can say, I don't know, after sitting for two hours and staring yeah. at something. It's like, <laughs> were you not paying attention? <laughs> were you just zoning out for two fucking hours? Which is fine. Some people do that, you know?
1: Yeah. And people be falling asleep.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've
1: fallen asleep in movies. I mean, I can't lie. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I t- 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 apparently it was the... Um, Apparently it was Kendrick who was the executive producer for for fucking Black Panther. That's why I, I thought uh, it was Kanye.
0: Yeah, I was like, nah, Kanye didn't do no Black Panther. I was like, that sounds more like a Kendrick kind of project to me. If I had yeah. to really be, if I had to really think about it, but I see how you could have thought that, and also like the fact that the song on site hasn't been used in any movies. Like the fact that like there's so many Kanye songs that I'm so surprised that I hear them in movies because they're not that good. Like um. What was that song that they constantly used for the uh wolf of wall street movie black skinhead like that's not that's an okay song but like they just yeah. looped that one opening like dun 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 dun, dun, dun. because <laughs> it, it matched with uh, matthew mcconaughey's part in that movie where he's like beating his chest and he's like you gotta you gotta hum man you gotta go mm. you remember that part and, and yeah
1: that's wh- <laughs> yeah. beating his chest <laughs> yeah yeah so that's
0: <laughs> Yeah. So that that's kind of why I guess they chose that Kanye song. But I was like, man, there's so many other great like Kanye beats that you guys could have used. But I guess it was it was topical. Like, I think um, I wonder, did the Wolf of Wall Street and Yeezus come out around the same time? One came out like a year after the other, I think,
1: man, I can't even remember.
0: I can't either. I just know that Yeezus came out the same year that we graduated high school in Maryland. So it was like 2014. So I think the Wolf of Wall Street also came out in 2014. So I would have to say that. But um, yeah, I guess for the for the listeners, for people who don't know Davin, and maybe this is the first time you guys have been listening to us talk, we're lifelong friends. Davin now lives in Mexico, um, but we still keep in touch through Discord, and uh, he's been on many episodes of this podcast, many recent episodes, and uh, we've talked about a lot of things, and I just br- brought Davin on today, because guess what, guys? This is episode 51 of The End with Adam, so we're now in the official 50s. So for all of you guys who are, you know, hardcore subscribers, hardcore listeners, thank you so much for coming on this journey with us uh, to 51 episodes, and there'll be plenty more um, for as long as I can pay for my Squarespace fucking registration, there will be plenty more, but uh, they, this is, uh, this is just kind of where I wanted to be uh, at this point with the show, is like I've got a good amount of subscribers, um, I kind of understand what I want to do moving forward, and I think I've kind of, you know, rested into a good little rhythm with the show. And uh, I don't know, Davin, um, I feel like from the beginning till now, because you were the first episode we did. Uh, wh- wh- I know you're not a huge listener of the show. but What would you say like you've
1: noticed has changed? Uh, the content material that you're that you're working with and the tone of the podcast itself, the subject matter, of like the things that you want to talk about. Because when you first started this whole project, it was like you wanted to do movies and music here and there. You just kind of wanted to talk about, I guess, pop culture, quote-unquote. Uh, and now that's completely shifted to wanting to talk about just life and the processes and circumstances, situations that people go through. Uh, especially like earlier on in their lives, like their past essentially, which have led to the creation of the person that they are today or their personhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, I think like lately the tone has been wanting to focus on inner strength and dealing with uh, overcoming obstacles, trials and tribulations become just a much more like stronger, more holistic kind of person, like whole well-rounded. Right. Yeah. Which I really like. I mean, it's just, it's very uh, refreshing.
0: That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. yeah, man. It's definitely been a long, long little two years. I mean, this was sort of my COVID like baby, basically. Um, I started right. this during, yeah. I started this this show during peak COVID um, at like the be what was that? Like the the middle and the end of 2020. And I just kind of kept going with it because it was really my only creative outlet. I mean, I still did write, I wrote, um, those two screenplays during that time. But this was really like my daily or weekly thing that I'd be doing. Uh, So it really became like my primary focus and my like primary outlet creatively. And I didn't really know what to do with that because like, I love podcasting, I love podcasts, but like, I didn't want that to just be the one thing that I did. But after a while I was like, you know what? I, I actually love hosting. I love like being a host of a show and taking people on a little like journey. So instead of me just constantly providing commentary, like why don't I just talk about like tell stories and talk about myself, so I can truly like create an intimate connection with the people listening, you know, and really under really open up to them, so that they can trust me enough to go on these kind of like thought experiment journeys with me. So that was kind of like what I sort of did in the last season, or so.
1: Yeah, I man, it sounds like it's really working out too. Like uh, your number of subscribers has what like tripled. Yeah, it's gone out of it's gone insane. It's
0: absolutely I'm doing numbers now. Um, I want to get some sponsors. I just don't know how to go about that. To be honest, Uh, I've been watching podcasts for fucking years. I have no idea how to get sponsors. So if anybody wants to teach me, I'd I'd love to learn. Uh, Because I think at this point, I can I can sell uh, ad time on the show. Pretty sure. I'll have to check. I don't know. I'll have to read
1: an article or something. Yeah, it might just be as simple as like reaching out to. um... The companies themselves and being like hey like i have a small kind of indie podcast working right now but the numbers are starting to do pretty well uh Mm -hmm. this is kind of what the show is about i came across your product on i don't know like you know one of those social media platforms and would love to give you guys a sponsor because i believe in your stuff yeah i don't know just like (laughs) dress it up
0: yeah no of course
1: course i think you do just have to email them um i'm pretty sure i think for the most part it's like the companies will actually reach out to the youtubers or podcasters themselves, but that's usually uh either a it's like a niche like if there's for example, you know a music producer or youtuber guy who does like tutorials and stuff I mean there'll be a bunch of companies that'll reach out to them like, "Hey, can you try out our plugin and give a review of it on right. one of your episodes or whatever and so there'll be the companies reaching out to them, but I think like for the younger guys it's uh they, they have to kind of do the legwork with getting the sponsors mm-hmm. but I don't, yeah. I don't know i, mean, I don't know that's true i think
0: so i know with a lot of them it's basically you just read their ad read and if anybody uses the code that they gave you for your specific podcast that's how you get paid you get paid like off of like how many people use the code to save 20 percent on like whatever product they're buying and like that's how they count like okay this person like deserves a commission from advertising you know i don't think you just get and then other ones might just pay you just for running the ad because you have so many people listening to your show so there's it's like there's different avenues for different levels but so i I guess i do know a few things about it
1: how much do you pay for uh
0: squarespace anyway so the website domain and the rss feed and all that stuff everything together is like 50 bucks a month okay yeah so, I mean, you know, it's an investment, but it's not, a lot, it's not a lot of money. But it is something that, like, you know, you do notice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I mean, I've been doing this for so long that, like, I've always kind of had a Squarespace domain running. So, right. my cheat sheet is if I need to make a new one, I just change the old one so I don't have to keep buying new domains. <laughs> That's my cheat. So... Yeah, uh, I thought for this episode, we'd just kind of take it easy, shoot the shit, you know, talk about what we talk about. Uh, I like that cold open about Alien. Uh, that was great.
1: <laughs> yeah, that movie was absolute trash.
0: But um, do you want to host the show for a second while I go upstairs? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, just talk about anything. Pretend, you can even pretend like I'm still here and just talk, yeah. talk to me. All right, I'll, be, I'll literally be five minutes.
1: Okay. Well, uh What's up, everybody? (laughs) Um, I guess I opened up with a very pretty bad movie. Um, Talk about a good one! Just recently watched the new Guillermo del Toro movie, Nightmare Alley. Uh, To be honest, I'm not sure if I'd be good at explaining what it's really about. I didn't watch any trailers before getting into it. It was just, oh, new Guillermo del Toro! Like I'm a fan. Like, let me check it out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of about. A showman at a circus but then he moves on to like he's he's a mentalist and uh, he goes on to like a bigger city I don't even think they they specify what the city is and he starts doing like these mentalist tricks for a really powerful um, kind of of like corporate CEO type of guy who's very powerful very influential and he gets caught up with this guy who he probably shouldn't have done that in the first place because his life just starts to spiral out of control you know, I'm I'm really bitch for butchering the plot now, but it was really good. It's it's such a, a beautifully shot movie. I mean, that was one of the things that uh, kind of like took me aback. It was just so such. So it was a very pretty, very pretty film, um, and I'd probably watch it again just for that because yeah, those shots, wow, very very nice to look at. I mean, everything is uh, art deco. Like it takes place in 1941 or something, so the architecture is super interesting. Uh, the colors, lights costumes you know the plot itself like i kind of got lost in it so i'm not gonna explain that too much but yeah <clears throat> the ending was amazing the ending was was very uh ironic and intentionally ironic i love it when, when people do that uh but yeah i think this is probably out of all the guillermo del toro movies i've seen from him this is probably my favorite yeah because i didn't really like the shape I think it was called The Shape of You was one of his latest ones about this girl who falls in love with like this mermaid creature monster thing, uh, which you know the message was powerful. It was, it was nice, um, and it was also like a pretty a pretty film aesthetically, but um, don't think I'd watch that one again. Just I don't know. I didn't really get into it that much. Labyrinth, of course, is a, a classic. But yeah, this one was fucking awesome. So, highly recommend that. Uh, What else to kill time with? Yeah. Mexico is cool. Don't know, yeah, it's hot. It's, it's, it's hot as fuck at the moment. I don't even like being outside too much because the sun is just kind of unbearable. Mm. My roommate's Yesterday went camping with a nice big group of people like I think they had like 18 to 20 people maybe 21 or something out and this like ex-hacienda which is maybe uh, 20 minutes away from our from where we live. I didn't even know you could go camping out there to be honest but uh, yeah they went out there with, with a group big group of people just you know campfires, alcohol, getting fucked up, popping war stories, campfire stories all that kind of stuff. They're not back yet, so I'll have to ask them how it went. But I haven't gone camping in a really long time. So I kind of wanted to go. What are you talking about, nigga? And- what the <laughs> fuck are you talking
0: about? Um, I don't know <laughs> what that was, guys. I'm sorry. I literally had to go upstairs and handle some business. But I'm back. I, I don't know what I just saved you all from, but I hope it wasn't too painful. Um, talking
1: about remotes going camping, man.
0: You're just talking about going camera? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, you aren't like then this <laughs> fucking bitch. I had to fucking kill her. No, I hate her. <laughs> You're not, none of that, right?
1: No late nah, night dad Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah. You know, I, can't get, <laughs> I can't go on live with that. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually was thinking about something while I was upstairs I wanted to bring up to
1: you. How much do you like XXX Tentacion? Um, I mean, I'm not like a huge fan. I haven't explored his entire discography or anything, but Mm -hmm. out of all the stuff I've heard from him, he was, man, just so fucking talented and and a huge inspiration. Yeah. The fact that he could go from, you know, writing, I was just like having bars, like straight up bars on like a song such as Vice City, which are just very profound, very, uh, reflective lyrics. And then go into like being an R&B singer and really good at it and then going to essentially like post-hardcore Screamo and another song like uh, what was it? One Time? Or mm-hmm. no. Uh, one More Time? Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One More Time. I think that's what it was called. You know, he was just <sighs> such a diverse talent artist. Like, You know?
0: It was almost like he could change channels and be this and be like, so like you're listening to a rock station, right? And then you're listening to a rap station. Yeah. And then you're listening to like, you know, it's so interesting how he can do that with his own voice. Um, and it's uh, like, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying like, I, uh, one of the things that caught me what you were saying, the word that you use was inspiring. And I think that's really what I feel when I look at his talent is like inspiration. Cause he was really like hot, like cold, like literally so hot, uh, of high temperature, like energy that it like was almost cold. Like, you know, when a dwarf star is like cold, like that level of high intensity, uh, energy just wrapped around like talent. Like that's how, that's how like I could describe him is he was genuinely like a fucking quasar of talent. He just was so dense with talent. It made it almost made no sense, especially for as as young yeah. as he was. It made no sense, and uh, somebody like that, of course, you know, has to come with a huge background of problems and issues because it's like it's that's just not normal, you know. And that comes from either trauma or wherever fucking art comes from. He had a, a ton of that, a ton of it.
1: Yeah, man, it's it's a huge shame. Uh, I mean, it's a shame because it's just I feel like he could have done anything at the end of the day.
0: He really could have. I think he was a multifaceted multi, just like I see. Here's the thing. I don't really like any of juice juice world's music. But what I can tell you is that the um, that same level of inspiration that I got from XXX. A lot of people also got from uh from juice world. Like people were really inspired by him. And um, yeah. one of the things people always say about like these both of these guys that they were little kids, like if they had actually grown up over the past 10 years, like if they had actually matured, it would have music as we know it today would be different. Like that's how big of a deal these two guys were. And if you if I was watching this thing on YouTube this morning about uh XX and they were they brought up a really good point. They were like, so you remember when XX's debut album knocked Drake's Scorpion off of the top five Billboard albums? Like people yeah. don't talk about that no more. Drake was in trouble. Drake was in trouble. <laughs> I'm telling you, Drake's career would not be where it is right now if XXX and Tacion was still alive. And a lot of people, Drake knows that. Listen, yeah. if you're, it's, it's all about numbers. Like, Let's not talk about yeah. hype. Let's not talk about, oh, I like XX more than Drake or XX is more authentic or anything. I'm not even going to talk about that. His debut album that had a song with just dollar signs featuring Matt Aux beat Drake's like, what is that his fifth studio album as a fucking grown man as an adult? Like that means you're done, Drake. That means the only reason why you're in rap right now is because there's a power vacuum That's the only reason why he's like a he's like an old monarchy, right? That's surrounded by (laughs) that was surrounded that was about to be surrounded by this new militia of like super highly skilled, highly organized rebels. <laughs> and and they just
1: happen to all die. <laughs> yeah, the, the fucking plague hit. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? That's yeah. a fucking great metaphor for it. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's kind of. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, that's where the whole conspiracy behind or one of the conspiracy theory takes on um, X's murder was like inspired from. You know they people yeah, were saying, oh yeah, like Drake that. put out a hit on him and all that stuff. And I mean, I didn't really invest too much or entertain the idea too much, but yeah, I think that's where it came from. I mean, how like I just completely knocked his fucking album off the <laughs> off the Billboard. Like they just took it off the wall. This like this doesn't need to be up here.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's literally what they did. Like that tells you that okay, obviously Drake was an established at- rapper at the time. And all that stuff but it wasn't like uh you know you can say a top 50 hit or whatever is a fluke you know but an entire album is not a fluke if more people have purchased an entire album when they purchased a one single song that tells you that that person is more popular critically than this other person and uh it just showed you like drake was at a plateau in his career he had just kind of came off a lot of really great projects but let's be honest like scorpion wasn't hitting like fucking xx's debut album was hitting and uh if his next album was as you know exponentially better as it should be you know as as he was you know growing and learning it would have just shown you because the the one cool thing about xx is he was not a drug user like a lot of these guys are you know so he he probably wouldn't have degenerated in the same way right as like a lot of these, he would probably just gotten more mature and smarter. He'd probably be, you know, continue to catch cases and all that bullshit. But I really don't think he would have gone down the whole, like, you know, his art starting to suck. And then like the Hollywood thing, I I really think he was like, I wouldn't call him an activist or anything like that, but he was a radical. Like if you see what he was doing with his time, like he was actually going to like starting these like really positive uh, viral challenges. Like, have you heard a of his challenge that he started, I forgot what it was called. It was like helping hand. He he started the helping hand challenge where he was like, yo, if somebody goes out and documents themselves doing something nice, like the best documentation yeah. thing I see. do you see that shit? Yeah. And that shit, like literally he didn't get to complete that because he died. Like think about what other things he would have came up with, what, what other ways to help people he would have found. You know, I'm not saying the guy's perfect, but if you, if you just saw where his head was at, it's like nobody else is really thinking like that. Nobody else is really spending their time trying to like, you know, mentally and socially heal in the way that he was. It was very weird.
1: Especially in like in the ways that he was coming up with, like the sort of um, the free ways, if you could say that, like the free ways in which you could just go out and, and, and lend a helping hand to somebody. Whereas like most artists, most uh, entrepreneurs, most people in general who are kind of like in a public space in in that kind of way, they're always asking for, oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to start this uh, this fund or this organization. We need like a fucking quarter of a million dollars to start something that's going to impact whatever society in in a positive way. It's like I'm, no, he was never asking for any kind of money or anything. He was just went on uh, I think it was Instagram Live uh and like recorded himself basically just like pitching the idea and starting the challenge. And yeah, like that in and of itself had an impact. So he's not really he's not, he's not really like a sellout either. Not to say that everybody has a sellout who's asking for money to do something good, but you know, you don't need those kinds of economic resources just to do something good. That makes any exactly.
0: sense? Exactly. No, it does. And it, it's just the truth of like that whole, I don't know, just like there was something like, uh, I don't want to gas him up too much, but just when you saw the way he was using social media, I'll just stay right there with that particular aspect about him. Not even talk about his music. The way he was interacting with his fans towards the end at the very like last two years of his life was like reality shifting. It was like starting to like fuck with the matrix a little bit because like social media isn't supposed to be about helping people. It's supposed to be about exploiting content for advertisers, right? Like that's how we think about That's how I think about it in my capitalist matrix but he was thinking about it as like no I can like talk to as many people as I can and like help them through their journeys and like see what I can do. Like yeah, some people do versions of that, but to make that your primary usage of the device is uh is like scary to people cuz it's like people are going to copy that. People are going to follow that. People probably with more resources than him might start following and copying that. That might actually help society. That's not good. More social welfare does not help these people. Yeah. You know. i I really think like when you just see how like how his life got snuffed out it just really i don't know it it was one of those things that you'll never really know you know yeah and there's no point in ruminating on it but it it really uh it really bugs you really bugs you when somebody like that disappears you know of course you know i just feel like he was a a natural leader yeah i think that's a part that's a part of it for sure um definitely a natural leader but I also think like um if he had actually worked on his his mental health and stuff um and like controlling his like anger issues I think he could probably be a really good like life coach and like help like like therapist almost to like uh younger people you know which yeah. would be fucking reality changing what if there was this one celebrity that was just really good at talking people out of depression like what be about it exactly. It uh, it doesn't make any sense. So that's the that, that was the sort of thing I took away from the the little XX thing I was watching on YouTube. But I got to remember find what the video me. was called. Yeah, I,
1: feel like yeah was- I was gonna
0: tell you it's an hour long and it was so good. I'll have to go through my history and and name drop it. This is what I'm gonna do, guys. I I run a professional podcast. When I watch things during the day and I know I'm gonna talk about them on the fucking podcast, I'm gonna just write down the names so that when I fucking talk about it on the show, I'm not just Talking about this thing I watched that I can't tell you about. Yeah, I can't nice fucking find list. It. Yeah, I can't fucking find it. I'm sorry. It's if I find the YouTube channel, I'll just tell people because you know how sometimes we'll have suggested channels from what you've watched earlier in the day, and I literally watched the entire hour. So I'm surprised if it doesn't give me a another recommendation of that YouTube channel. And if I find that, I'll write it in the I'll write it in the uh, description for this show. Yeah, or in your uh, your history. Yeah, it's just I watched it on my Xbox because, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I use YouTube. And uh, it doesn't have a history tab that the the app, the YouTube app, doesn't have a history tab.
1: But yeah, I mean, in other music yeah. news, um, I know you're not a fan of Russ, but this is something that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, one his one of his new songs, I think it's called Handsomer, just hit like number one on mm-hmm. uh, like Apple Music or I, iTunes, whatever like their respective Billboard is. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, like, it's not it, it was it was a remix that he did with this random. Okay, so you know how on Instagram, like, they have those uh, like sort of duet live performances where like an artist or a producer somebody oh, will hop I've seen on that. and then I just sort I've- of like. Yeah, have like a revolving door of uh of like different like other random instagram users who can hop on hop out and just do like a live like collab session and you know <laughs> right then and there mm-hmm. so he did this uh this remix song with uh some random like white girl named caitlin she came in and like absolutely <laughs> fucking went off <laughs> uh and that song, like because of the, the, the IG live duet session, is now like mm-hmm. charted number one. And Whoa. I can't think, yeah, like I can't think of any other moment like in history where a live duet has actually charted, especially that fucking high, like it charted number one.
0: I was yeah, like, damn, that's, that's really crazy.
1: fucking cool. Disruptive. So, <clears throat> yeah, shout out to uh shout out to Russ and Caitlin. <laughs> Russ and Caitlin. Russ.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's a reaction, happened, but. <laughs> is a rapper that I do not like. I um, think I've maybe heard one song by the guy. I'm sure he's talented. I mean, he's been doing this for a while. If you've been doing this uh, on the underground for a while, then you've got to be talented. So I'm sure he is. Personally, I think he's annoying, and I wish he wouldn't talk.
1: But other, <laughs> than, other than that, I wish the guy the best.
0: Uh, fair enough.
1: Yeah. Well, what what is it that you don't like about him? Why do you find him annoying?
0: There's a certain, so it, I would call it the Vic Mensa disease. Um, mm. I'll call it Vic Mensiitis. Vic uh, it's, it's this kind of light skin aggression that I find to be not only um, invalid, uh, I find it to be uh, quite. Um, oh God, what is the right word for Russ? I find Russ to be quite unremarkable um i find him to be someone that thinks very highly of himself and you should as a rapper but i think that's about the only reason why any talent is actually generated with within him is just his own self-belief but i think if we were to like objectively isolate you know his lyrics maybe even his vocal tone and his beat structure i would say it's quite unremarkable but because he believes in it so much and can translate that belief into you, which is talent, it he has a following, and good for him. Yeah. But I find him to be unremarkable. Same with Vic Mensa. Same with a lot of these light skins. They're just uh, <laughs> they've got nothing for me. They're not selling it. They should just yeah. be working. Like, at, yeah, they should just be working at a startup downtown somewhere you know
1: getting a beer with their white friends <laughs> that's what they should be doing well yeah i mean i would agree his um his, his selling point really is his his belief in himself i think that's what his book is about too is what I'm just sorry. self-belief and like how to market that essentially and, yeah you and, know and being an really independent cool. artist and that being like the central focal point for being able to be successful and that kind of avenue.
0: Yeah. One thing I got to give a lot of these guys that are over the age of 25 that are still rapping um, and have been rapping since like 2011, 2010, I get one thing I got to give them is consistency. I mean, these guys, you got to think about it. They have to get up every day and believe that they're rappers, whether they're up or they're down, whether they're touring or they're not, whether, you know, they're getting any kind of, you know, ticket sales or anything like, or merch sales or anything, you know, they have to just wake up and believe every day. And, uh, if you've been doing that for pl- 10 plus years, like I-, I have nothing but respect for you.
1: Yeah. 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 That's cool.
0: But, um, let's talk about somebody we both hate. Who's a rapper. We both just, because we've given everybody. Well, I, well, I mean, he's not even a rapper to me. Like he's yeah. a kid that did something cool in time, you know, if he's a rapper, then I'm an award I'm an award-winning film director. If he's <laughs> a rapper? Yeah. That's what I would say. Here's the thing is like when you're somebody like little Xan who was given a lot of opportunities to kind of market himself better or fucking figure out how to, you know, manage his life better, but you know, you can't Here's the thing, you, you can't really blame somebody who was rewarded for for do for encouraging the wrong things like he thinks the wrong way to live is right because his encouragement of the wrong things has propelled him to like have some amount of money and some amount of notoriety you know yeah so it's like i, mean, you I can can't see really, that but
1: yeah you can't really blame that guy yeah i feel you i don't know it's just Every time I've heard I've heard him like in an interview or whatever he did, like one of his little live <laughs> IG sessions, whatever, that just kinda like <laughs> went viral on different platforms. So like he's just he's really fucking annoying. Listening to he, him just bitch and moan yeah. about his life and how he has no control or uh like I guess accountability over himself. I'm just like yeah. Then yeah. switch it up. <laughs> Yeah, he
0: um, he really does, like, you know, never, ever take responsibility for anything ever.
1: Yeah, and, he's just, like, too fucking out of lesson for me.
0: Yeah, he's a child. That's what you're – that's what you, when you feel that annoyance, like, that you want to strangle him, it's because you're listening to a little kid, like, yeah. bitch. And you're like, no, you're not fucking bitching to me about, like, how you blew ama- amazing opportunities because you're looking at it from this mature perspective that he couldn't even imagine, you know, because he's fucking a child. Yeah, you know, socially and literally, he's younger than us. But uh, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe Lil' little
1: about a bad example.
0: Uh, yeah, who's who's another one? I'll give you another just quick shot. Just give me a quick shot, Devin. Quick shot. Come on, you're we're that we're we're on the ice right now. It's fucking Red Wings versus the fucking Chiefs.
1: What's up? I always thought slap um, shot. I always thought the game was a little bit annoying. I mean, I don't know but like, I always thought he was kind of annoying. So, okay. So the game,
0: why? Just cause like,
1: not because of like anything in particular, but I don't know, just, just certain little things that he does. Uh, like one time he uploaded a picture of himself. Like I I got, a post-gym workout. And then like, there were people who like, I guess investigated the photo and found out that they, he photoshopped his ass to look bigger than it actually is. Chill, I was just nah. like, I don't, I, the I don't believe that shit. Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> I, don't I, don't even, I don't know. But... Yeah, I was just like, uh, dude, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's, yeah, real, if that's said, yeah. real, if that's If saying, that if is it's real, real,
0: then it's like, bro. <laughs> not only if it's real, it's like, bro, but it's also like, bro, what, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. Bro, what? If I, if, like, if one of my, if I, if, like, if somebody <laughs> handed me a dossier of, like, discovery evidence for you, Davin, that, like, p- pointed to you doing that, I would probably never talk to you again as a friend. Yeah, it's not because, exactly. like, <laughs> it's not because it's, like, because it's, like, you're probably, yeah, that's not what it is. It's, it literally is just, like, it's too weird. It's too weird of a thing to do to put your, the picture that you put on, as a dude, you know, as a woman, there's a, you can understand, but as a guy like the game, it makes no sense. Yeah, there's it's like, like you too many layers.
1: Project yourself as this dog personality, like connections to, to <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're breaking up there. You want to repeat that? Sketchy shit. <laughs> sketchy. <or> just if <laughs> you and then turn around and do some sketch, sketchy ass shit like that. It's like, bro. I mean, what's what's the deal? A bit of an incongruency, <laughs> but no, I wouldn't. I, yeah. I hate the game, and I think he's he's a very talented lyricist and has definitely been in the game for such a long time that it's like you really only – you can only respect the men. But, yeah. Uh, who else, though? The game. Okay, did you see his Drink Champs episode, the game? I mean, I, I watched like half of it. I didn't see all of it, but I got to the point yeah. to where he took off the mask and I was like, okay, let me pause it here. Cause, <laughs> and just
0: and we'll, watch this and, another day. And that made you dislike him for watching that?
1: Or you, you already no, no, went and no, no. kind of dislike. him? Uh, no, actually I liked him a lot more after watching the Drink Champs because he was just uh, very entertaining to to listen to and had a lot yeah. to say. Uh, yeah, I definitely feel like him. I liked him more. I felt the same about Big Sean like you know Big Sean was always just Dude. like a uh an act to me but then when I finally got to hear like his 3-hour talk on Drink Champs I was like, "Oh no, you're actually like a human being and the way Fuck that them. you're talking is like very fucking, you know, eloquent." I think like Fuck Fuck Detroit. <laughs> fuck that bullshit. Um, um. <laughs>
0: fuck that shit. Holy fuck. Busted. You torpedoed my show. I almost lost 10,000 subscribers because of you just now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, listeners. For you for you that thought that I might have let that one slip, and I might have actually was, you, some of you guys thought I might have been, were going to, you know, be nice and try to agree
1: with Davin and be like, yeah, Big Sean, it was authentic. He was authentic in that. I, in didn't, I didn't say authentic. I just said he expressed himself very eloquently when he was talking about all the drama and the shit he'd been through in his life. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. <sighs> everybody's
0: Everybody got here. a great
1: explanation. Everybody's
0: got a great explanation. You know, everybody's got a great explanation for why they're
1: an <laughs> asshole. It's yeah, like. that is true. That is true. But like, I
0: mean, like when you see it from their perspective, you're like, of course. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you take a step back. You take a sip of water. You breathe for a second. And you're like. Wait a minute. I, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck
1: that guy. Yeah. Oh god. Well, why do you hate Big Sean
0: then? Never heard a track by Big Sean that I liked. I don't like his um here's the worst sin for me as a rapper. If you don't sound good, like if your voice doesn't sound like it should be rapping, you know, you should have a good voice. You should have a good vocal cords, you should have a good tone, tonality. It should soothe my ear eardrums when I hear it. If you don't, it just um for me it's like why would you even try this? Like you've heard yourself. You know objectively that you don't sound good. You know. Why yeah. are you, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. Like I'm, going I'm back to going back to Russ, like I he sounds like he should be rapping, you know? He actually yeah. has the tonality of somebody that should be putting rhymes together and trying to sound hard and all those great things. Fucking Big Sean just sounds like a, like whiny to me, you know? Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. He sounds like this he sounds like the the val, that black valedictorian of your like high school trying to rap. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. He sounds like he's too smart to be rapping where it's like what are you doing like is this a, is this like a McDonald's commercial or some shit? I don't understand. And it's like, "No, <laughs> I want him to go get his money. I want him to go stand up for his city, but I can't support something that I don't think is just objectively good." You know? So it's like he's not for me that's how far as i but i do also say that like if you're an artist that i have to hear like i love that kanye brought up the whole ass 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 thing because it's like you would hear that song and it's not really his fault but like you would hear that song everywhere at the fucking airport in a grocery store like, you just hear that song and it's annoying it's an annoying so ass 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 it's like that's the, like that's the song you put on in the in the fucking studio my friend yeah and it's like, whatever, we all got our funny songs, and our funny things that we've done, like, you know, whatever. But goddamn, that song is annoying. Fuck, <laughs> I hated that shit. And then, uh, I don't really fuck with you. <laughs> with you. Fuck you, Nick. Like, I'm, I'm better, man, <laughs> like the shit I want to do, yo, when I hear those annoying cornball-ass songs. Cornball-ass, boy. <laughs> You've got no fucking idea what I want to do to a human being. But, <laughs> maybe that's the point maybe he's you know maybe he's a joker-esque
1: <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs>
0: he just wants to watch the world there's a, there's
1: a niche for everything you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: what if that's his whole thing listen I, I mean if he's really on that like you know wavelength much respect to him but i don't really think that was the that was the intended effect
1: all right. Well, I, I put out three names. Uh, yeah. uh, even though I still haven't really like, can't think of somebody that I really just despise because like the people that I despise, like I don't listen to and I don't. Yeah, to games. same way. But, but, however, like Lil ne- the only one that like really just immediately jumps into my head because I'm just like, yeah, no, I just don't. Fu- oh, you know who? who? Um, I mean, he's not a rapper, but like the kid Leroy. I really don't uh, like him. I don't, I don't know who really the fuck that is. I was gonna say. I was gonna he's, say Snapberg. Uh, a- uh yeah, ASAP. For I know a lot of people who don't like him. Whoa, that's yeah. like a, that's like a major
0: art. I would say he's like a major artist that does big shows, big tours. That I hate. Like he's one person I gotta say. Like I will walk out of the fucking I'm like oh ASAP first playing. All right, I'm gonna go smoke and I'll come back if they let me back in. <laughs> come back if they let me back. In. Like I'm good off the show because I'm sure he's gonna be a headliner. He he has a, he sells a lot of tickets and. You know uh does well like i gotta give him that i don't know where that comes from or who's i think it's just white kids in the suburbs who fuck with him but yo that pays bills so go do your thing bro like again i'm not trying to get it any, stop anybody from getting their money like go get your bag but i fucking hate you i wouldn't <laughs> I have dinner with you um Damn. uh it's just their, their, art, their, their, art is, <laughs> their art is repulsive <laughs> and i would understand if somebody said that to me about my art I would understand because I'm I'm not here. They're, they were not, they didn't wake up to say, I want to please people with my art. They said I'm gonna express myself through my art. So yeah, I can I as an audience or a person that could consume their art can by their expression decide if I'm repulsed or attracted to it. They repulse me by their expression. It's not they didn't try to they weren't trying to do me a favor by being artists, they were doing it for themselves.
1: Okay. <clears throat> So do you do you feel that uh, when somebody is just truly trying to express themselves, then like versus someone who's trying to be commercially successful for the sake of being commercially successful and pleasing the audience? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think your uh, approach to uh, critiquing their art is the same in both? No, it's not the same. No, okay, not at all. Are you a little bit more lax with? When you're looking at an artist who's just like expressing it's themselves commercial. versus somebody who's like trying to do like straight up numbers?
0: No, somebody who's commercial, I almost have no thoughts on. Like if you're like uh Katy Perry yeah. or Justin Bieber, for that matter, or like any pop star really, you know, like any of them. They're all interchangeable. Yeah. Um, I just look at their music as just like another th- just like I look at um Campbell's chicken noodle soup, or I look at any other product that I would buy. Yeah. You know, that's where, that's where they're, that's, that's what they are interested in making. And that's what the people who play their music are interested in, in distributing. It's a type of music. It's a type of product yeah. just because it's a sonic thing and we can't touch and hold it. It doesn't mean that it's not in that class. Um, and, the, and then the people that are trying to express themselves and tell you something and do sort of a self therapy, but at the same time create something. Um, that's a different category. And I look at them with a lot more scrutiny because I'm like, okay, what are you really trying to do? And why? And why should I care? And if both of those questions are answered in a way that are, that is attractive to me, it doesn't necessarily have to be something I agree with, but I am at least attracted to like why they, why they're doing it and how they're doing it. I'll at least give them that like respect of like, okay, you're like, this is, this is cool. But like, for somebody like to use the example of big Sean, like somebody that is, I would say is definitely not a commercial rapper, although his best hits are commercial. I would say he, I would say if big Sean were to tell it was in this podcast right now, he would think of himself as an artist. I I know he's arrogant enough to to believe that about himself. Yeah. But the facts are just the facts that I don't really think that there's a true um, attachment even from his fans to, to big Sean, the person they like the sounds that he creates you know they just like they're like oh ass 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 like we can jump around and like you know take shots to this song like or didn't he do shots also wasn't that a song too or is that a shots go shots, shots 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 no that's not him. no that's, that's
1: uh lmfao
0: yeah that's Lmfao. <laughs> but you see did yeah. you see how how easily that could so this is what i'm talking about is like his stuff is just so corny that it can only be sold commercially like they're like oh well we can't do anything artistically with this you
1: know yeah fair enough i can see that i think uh with me it's it's a little bit different like when i'm looking at somebody who's like really just trying to express themselves and i go a little bit easier on them just because it's like that's all you're trying to do you know so right no i i hear you i think um
0: I think it's just varying degrees of success make create different levels of scrutiny, right? Like if yeah. you're a hyper successful critical rapper, I'm very s i am very I will scrutinize you. Like here's the th- like I, I like I think of somebody like Kendrick Lamar as someone that I can tear whole pages of their discography out and throw it on the ground and be like, this is horrible, and still say that they're better than 99.99999% of rappers. Yeah. Right. Because that's how much I scrutinize them. That's how much I've listened to their shit. That's how much I really that means I'm a fan. You yeah, see? that means that yeah. I care. That
1: means that I care about. Their yeah, shit. exactly. So you're really just uh, like constructive criticism, not necessarily just. It's real, yeah, it's shit. always be constructive,
0: and it's yeah, like you, because you don't want your the people that you actually like to be bad at what they do. So if you they don't make be better, yeah, you want them to be better because like if they make a bad a bad project, if they make bad music, then you're gonna fucking it sucks. So you so you're gonna let them know. So it's like, I think that's a part of your duty, like as an audience member, to inform the person that's that you're listening to. Hey, I don't or I do like this, you know.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I like that.
0: <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think it's a call and response, right? That's what rap yeah. is.
1: Yeah, I don't think enough people uh, do that in general. It's usually just uh, dick riders and <laughs> and stands. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I think like everybody's got a rappers that they st- that they're just like. They, they love all their music you know yeah, Everybody's got, like, favorite yeah they just stand like you know you've everybody's got and if it's not rappers there's like something or some person that you just think is infallible so you know it's just how people i feel like how especially people that think about this kind of stuff like you and me everybody's got their like top five of something you know
1: yeah yeah definitely has your top five changed at all since uh since we were kids no, that's the saddest thing, Deb. <laughs> Since we were that was actually a great
0: qualifier. <laughs> Since you and I met, no. Since I was like a little ass kid. Cause I was old, like always listening to rap. So like e- even fifth grade is like kind of later on for me. Cause yeah. like first, yeah, I can remember the rap I was listened to in second and third and fourth grade. Uh, and the kind of rap that I thought was good. Even when we became friends, like I always knew that like that New York like you know Wu-Tang Clan all the shit that we liked uh yeah. Nas, all that stuff was just the sort of high watermark of rap and that was very apparent at an extremely young age i didn't i didn't need that explained to me um, and then by the time i was probably in high school like when i started just listening to like podhead rap and stuff i took a break definitely from like the classics because you know you can only listen to an album so many times and it's actually great now because i've taken such a long break that i've gone back and listened to like some old Wu-Tang like very recently and, yeah. and enjoyed and enjoyed it so much because it's, because like i haven't heard those albums in years and years whereas like that used to be the only thing on my ipod or the only thing on my psp it was just like a fucking two, the, the the wu-tang like double album or whatever reunited and i was just listening yeah. to every song on there so yeah you know i think in terms of like the best rappers they were they already have come and gone like the best people to ever do it have already kind of come and gone But in terms of the different forms that it can take, I think we still have some more things that we can see. But in terms of just base, like what rap is measured by, like lyricism, quality of beats, technique, presentation, we've already seen the best. And everybody knows that.
1: Yeah, I'm supposed to see uh, Wu-Tang on the second, man. I'm super fucking excited. They're coming to Mexico City. So jealous, bro. I'm so jealous. Uh, This dream come true? Yeah, that really is a dream come true.
0: That really is a dream fucking come true, man. Holy shit, I wish I could be there. You got to tape at least a little bit of it so you can send it to me because I got to oh, see of that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see some of that shit. That's the only time I've
1: ever asked somebody to tape anything for me, but you got to. No, I'm going to be one of those fanboys who's just like got their phone out the entire time recording the show, just jumping up and down. <laughs> Hell yeah. Reciting all the lyrics. I'm going to be such a fucking fanboy. I'm like oh, if I man, would
0: go to Wu Tang show, I would
1: actually buy a T-shirt. Like that's how much of a fan I am. Shit, that's such a good idea. They'll probably have merch at the festival, right? Like, of course, of yeah. course. But they're bringing like a bunch of other, like it's an actual festival, like, they're bringing a shit ton of other talents as well. Like ASAP Rocky is gonna be there. I don't know if you know who Snow the Product is or Natty Peluso, mm-hmm. but like they're uh, Latin, Snow Latin the rappers. product.
0: How, how how do you know about Snow the Product Evan?
1: She's Mexican. She's I think she's from the north. Like she's from Sinaloa or something. So my Mexican friends put me onto her and I've like seen her name, like pop up on some other like commercial records. I can't remember which ones to be honest. Cause she's not really somebody I follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I recognized her name and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So like, she's going to be performing dope. Natty Peluso. I'm I'm a fa- huge fan of her. I really like her. I actually don't know who that is. Yeah. She, um, she fucking bought, she, I think she's from Colombia. She straight bodied this freestyle on, uh, this one guy's channel. Um, Forgot his name, but he's like a producer, invites a bunch of talents to come on. Like he'll basically just put on a beat and then like the artist just goes in. And yeah, dude, uh, if you want to look it up, like it's in Spanish, so you probably won't understand it. But like, uh damn, if you just look up Nasty Girl Fantastic, (laughs) like that's not the name of it, but like, yeah, she just has this fucking awesome line at the very end. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'll check it out. I I I trust that you you're leading me somewhere that I'm gonna enjoy.
1: Yeah, she's cool. Um, um okay. i definitely to go gonna crazy be? to her shit too. Uh this they're not rappers. It's like in a like a Pel- Belarusian uh like electro group. Oh shit called Molt Mo- called Molchat Doma, And uh I'm super excited to see them. Like they kind of got famous off of TikTok because there there was one song that they had, and I don't know why, but like the song itself makes reminds me of scooby-doo <laughs> it's, it's like one of those tracks like they they'd have a the background like while scooby and shaggy and the whole gang are just like sort of like running away from some goo- some ghoul, ghoul, ghoul or goblin <laughs> oh i know exactly what you mean i know what that yeah was, I, yeah That's <laughs> but funny. it's it's a great fucking song and uh yeah they're gonna be there too i'm super excited to see them um but i think it's just those those four acts i'm probably gonna well five acts i'm definitely gonna catch asap rocky as well Oh yeah, you got to see ASAP. I mean, yeah, dude, he's the from man right purple, now. From purple
0: swag all the way to being Rihanna's baby daddy. I mean, yeah, what dude. a whirlwind! What a whirlwind of a life. That's I really great. hope you write the book one day. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would. I would actually purchase that book and read it. I'd be very interested to know ASAP's side of the story. You know, the yeah, 2010s man. told from ASAP's perspective, sitting in a jail in Sweden. Like what? Oh shit! That's right. I forgot that happened.
1: Yo, young sweden.
0: if he did not write letters to to sweden while he was in prison in sweden i don't know what to tell him
1: if young didn't, lean didn't
0: bail him out like he'd still be there
1: yeah. oh also
0: too yeah no let's talk about that why didn't young lean bail out asap like you could have done that dude what's good with yeah. you and all yeah f- f- fuck drain gang fuck all them niggas yo they're they're whack <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding i actually love young did you see uh young lean's um noisy documentary that
1: was like two hours long no i didn't was that the one uh the, <laughs> where he where he got shot at on a mm-hmm. like what he was by his turbo bus um
0: did that happen i thought i thought the big story was the one about his friend who died in that car crash in miami because they were all just like fucked up on drugs at at like their friend's uh like house in miami like they're like the son of the record of the record label or the imprint that signed uh the sad boys and put them on tour in the U S yeah. uh, that, that guy's son was like linking up with it, with Man. young lean and like was friends with them and would hang out and, you know, take them out to like different places in America and shit and like, you know, ball out and show them a great time. And, you know, they started fucking with a lot of like heavy ass drugs. And the dude, I think went out to like go to the gas station, some bullshit. And like, they just let him leave the apartment and he got in his car and drove, you know, on the highway and fucking smashed up his, his car and died. And, like, the the father blames, like, Young Lean and Blade and all them for, like, why didn't you stop him? Like, you guys were all on drugs. Like, why would you let him get in this car, you know? And that, like, fucked with Young Lean's head where, like, when he went back to Sweden, he, like, felt really guilty about it. So he got into, like, a depression, and, like, his depression, like, spiraled, and he started to, like, literally, like, go insane. And um, he, like, just, like, he, uh, he, like, just recovered from that, yeah. And, it like, the, the documentary goes into, like, you know, his just sort of, like, process of, getting over his friend dying and like him, like, you know, forgiving himself and, you know, also not, you know, thinking that it was his fault where like blade was like, yeah, you know, it definitely wasn't our fault. Like blade just had such a, a sober, you know, headspace about it. Whereas like young lean, cause he'd been, you know, kind of partying a little bit heavier than blade was definitely, um, taking it the worst and just, yeah. thought that like you know, thought that he was like so guilty for letting his friend get in the car. But yeah, it was a really heavy documentary, but I, I kind of spoiled it for you. <laughs> but and I'm for gonna, the listeners. still gonna
1: listen to it now or watch it.
0: Yeah, you gotta watch or it. Yeah. I mean it's got great like it's got great footage of them. It's got great like behind the like you know behind the scenes shit you've never seen. It's really cool.
1: Sounds like you need to get young lean on the podcast. It'd be great for the new... <laughs> It'd be good yeah. Show. That'd be cool, but you know, it's hard
0: to get if, I feel like it's hard to get people like Young Lean, who's who's kind of a space cadet anyways. To, like, be yeah. good on a podcast. Because I've seen a ton of interviews with him, and it's, like, very hard to watch. Because he's just not in, he just doesn't make himself interesting. You know. Shit. But, uh, yeah, for the last couple of minutes, you want to take the podcast back while I go get some samosas?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if that's a good idea, man. Last time I just started talking about camping and shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, then we can end it here. And... Um, we we can maybe do another episode if you want to later, Devin. But I just gotta eat some food. I'm so hungry.
1: Yeah, um, it's all good. I mean, I'm still uh, coordinating with my my friends about like getting all of us, uh, the three of us, onto the the next or one of the next episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think like Wednesday, man. Um, I'm gonna talk to everybody again. But, like Elliot said, he's 100 percent down. Like any, time he's, uh, he's we live together. together. He's not doing shit. Um, nice. Diego, probably, probably yeah. Wednesday, I think is a good a good time. He just has to get back from Chicago and uh be free so yeah but i say we shoot for that cool we always do another episode sometime you know talk about some other shit that we didn't get into uh this episode yeah no we got tons of content
0: for him we got tons of content but all (laughs) right we're gonna leave for now let me eat some food and then we'll reconvene all right thanks guys